It's lights out. Go, go, go. We are back with another episode of Eaton Asphalt. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And Marco. And we are recapping what was, well, let's see, what was it? Pretty eventful overall race for the typical uh, Mercedes lights to flag. But Marco, what'd you think of the race? How you doing? Let's get started. Yeah, it almost felt like you know we're in Turkey. A little bit of a kind of a turkey feast because I really had a great time this weekend. You know, we had a we had a pretty uh, pretty crazy qualifying. Uh, did not expect that, and then uh, what I then expected to see in the main race was not what I expected. So yeah, it just kept me on my toes. Um, and yeah, really excited to kind of dig right into this. Well, let's do it. So this episode. We'll start off with the good, bad, ugly, kind of the main points of the race, go into like a little more detailed race recap. Uh, got some agree or disagree, so mm. some shots I'll be firing at Marco to see how he reacts, and then finally our race predictions recap. Good, bad, ugly, Marco, why don't you go first? All right, so my good, bad, and ugly. We're gonna go with my good, is hopefully a penalty-free race in Austin for kind of the top guys on the grid. We saw another top-of-the-grid driver serve a pre-race penalty with Lewis and Mercedes. They equipped his W12 with a fresh internal combustion engine. Uh, But if people were confused, you know, Lewis gets an engine upgrade. Why is it only 10? Why why are others to the back of the grid? Uh, That was just one component of the engine that they updated rather than the entire unit. So... That was just a ten place instead of a complete relegate, instead of a complete relegation. Hopefully, with both Mercedes, Red Bull, and we actually had for both Ferrari drivers taking these engine upgrades over the past few tracks, that we won't have to really deal with this upcoming in Austin. Uh, I'll, I'll, it's been awesome the last couple of weeks, but I just feel like I'm, we're missing out on the top dogs fighting head to head the other top totally. dogs without anything holding them back. So, hopefully, we'll get to see that in a couple of weeks. Uh, my bad is all non-American F1 fans and drivers. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Weekend reports that Michael Andretti is in talks with the Swiss-based Sauber, who, is, who takes over the Alfa Romeo team. They're in talks of bringing in a young driver for the last remaining seat on the F1 grid. That's something that we've been always trying to figure out. Is it going to be Giovinazzi? Who is it going to be? F2, where are they going to come from? And so, yeah, some reports about uh, Michael Andretti, who obviously Mario Andretti's son, the 1978 World Championship. I think he's won about 13. He's won about 13 races in the F1 grid. So obviously some history there. He's an Italian-American, wants to bring back uh, American wants to bring back kind of the American culture, get some Americans back in the sport. Obviously, Haas is not really concerned about that, so kind of doing it on his own. Uh, The person that they're talking about, though, his name is Colton Herta, the coolest dude I think I've ever heard. Like, the description about them, uh, they described him as a a professional race car driver by day, a drummer in a band by night, California surfer, is as Gen Z as you will ever see. He's 21, he's got perfect flow, uh, with the lettuce haircut, uh, dates a USC co-ed 
and is a taco truck connoisseur. Dude. So, I mean. I would do anything what? to hang out with this guy. Is this not the greatest guy? Is this not the coolest <laughs> guy you've ever heard in my entire life? Like, we need to get this guy. He will he will eat up the American crowd. Like, if that's his background, oh, my God. I I feel so bad for anyone that's not an American F1 fan or or like yeah, you thought F1 Danny driver. Rick was cool? Wait until we get this big American yeah, boy cool, in there. Dude. <laughs> he just wins the hearts and minds My of everybody. My God, dude. He covered everything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, all European, all, you know, everyone else be on the lookout. I would be shaking my boots because, my God, that is awesome. My ugly is all the press haters uh, kind of looking a little ugly with some egg on their face because, um, yeah, he actually had a good outing. And while them kind of ripping him, Sergio, as we have done, might be warranted, warranted, he finally had a good showing, put himself on the podium for the first time since France in June. So that was about a four or five month Damn. period, which uh, Red Bull was probably not really hoping for. I know, as always, they've had their second seat issues. Uh, and yeah, it, it looked kind of dim for, for him. Um, and they're really, by this time of year, there really shouldn't be any excuse as to why he doesn't have any consistency. Plenty of time in the car. Other people like Sainz, who has been in a new car, even got a new engine midway through, has been having great outings week after week. So uh, hopefully this will stay. History shows itself that we won't see this. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you can prove us wrong and then kind of get Red Bull maybe making it a little uh, contention in the Constructors' Championship as well. Yeah, um, I am one of those with egg on my face. I definitely, after Saturday's performance, was like, well, wow, like, uh, this is pretty bad, man. Like, you haven't gotten above P7 in seven races. Like, probably time to to move on from Sergio in that case. And then, yep, of course, as soon as I say that, he gets onto a podium, and I'm back on the Sergio bandwagon (laughs) myself. All right, good stuff. I'll go next. My good is the unpredictability in theater of F1 as a whole. Um, this weekend just really kept us guessing, I feel like. We were kind of like waiting for a driver to DNF during the race and was like, well, that was something I would have never guessed that the, uh, you know, the 12th time in the sport that, that happened was on like that slick of a, uh, you know, of a track. Nobody seemed to really know what was the right strategy for tires. Like that was a really hard thing to kind of, you know, people were definitely gambling on that. Um, and even when they had the tires, they didn't really behave the way they thought it would Ricardo and Hamilton are kind of the biggest examples for that there. Just, you know, Ricardo being like, hey, what's going on with these tires? And Hamilton kind of feeling the same. Bad is going to be old Danny Ricardo, Mr. I Never Left, ended up not leaving qual or Mr. Danny Ricardo, Mr. I Never Left, ended up leaving qualifying in Q1. So just another ridiculously wildly inconsistent roller coaster of a driver in Danny Ricardo winning a couple uh, a couple weeks ago and then here he is not getting out of Q1. He's just chilling with the Haas boys, dude. He wants to say hi to everybody. I know. He's too nice of a guy. He doesn't want to seclude anyone out. Yeah, wants everybody to have their shine. So let Mick Schumacher go up and do a in Q2. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help you help a, help a young rookie out. Exactly. Um, actually, I have another bad, a little bonus bad, a little BB. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, he's got a spot for next year. But, I mean, it's just same shit, different weekend with this guy. Uh, got a little unlucky. He ended up qualifying like pretty well, I think, around P9, um, and then ended up not scoring points. So, you know, another his 11th race this year that he has not scored points in. Uh, just got to be kind of frustrating for the rest of the AlphaTauri team, you know, being 12 points behind Alpine. Like, you know, that's within reach if you have somebody that's scoring points on a regularly or, or somewhat regularly consistent basis, I feel. Yeah, but I would just like to say that the 
I heard about the rumors. He just got a simulator. He's been practicing with that. And the first time he gets it and tries it out, he did a pretty good in qualifying. So, I don't know. I might be leaning way too hard on how much that's going to happen. <laughs> but, I, I mean, mean, you never know. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. It, yeah. Oh, he got the simulator. That's all yeah. you got to do, dude. Dude, that's... I know. That was his first one back. His first one trying it out. I think he's going to start really hammering it down. Maybe it changes. Congratulations. Let's yeah, so, yeah. put in an uh, early congratulations for Alpha Tower. Yeah, in turn Austin that bad for... into a good uh, second good. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> an early shout out. <laughs> um, and then my ugly is Alpha Romeo as a whole. So we had Kimmy's drink get disconnected during one of the practice sessions. Classic. It's just his thing at this point. Um, you know, they'll just disconnect his drink. They might just be pranking him if you think about it. Like, There's just kind of fucking with yeah. him. <laughs> He's getting so mad in the, uh, <laughs> on the radio. Like, well-deserved because you can't, that can't be, I get it if it's a problem, but it can't be a consistent problem. You know, like, why that's. Does it, why does it always happen to Kimmy? I've not, <laughs> like, maybe do the other drivers that happen to rarely, but they don't make a big deal about it? I don't. I feel like you would say something. Like you're communicating with your engineers. You got to yeah. let them know like what's up and why you're coming in. What so, if like, all I the other like drivers like could easily just put it back in, but Kimmy just refuses <laughs> to do that. He's like, I'm a driver. I don't do this. And like the other ones, like, oh, it just fell out. Bloop. And then he just, he's just. That's the reason why it keeps happening to him. Well, however it happens, it just happens simply, simply too much. And like yeah. uh, you know, 2018, 2020, 2021, like. Uh, it's just hilarious, and then that parlayed with Alfa Romeo telling Gio not, or that parlayed with Alfa Romeo and Gio not being on the same page, which caused Gio to lose out on you know a pretty rare point grab. He was gaining, I think it was like three and a half to four seconds per lap on uh, Acon when he was in eleven, so he was you know shooting for that P10. Yeah, I didn't know if they were telling him to save battery or if they were telling him to like push. Either way, he kind of missed out on what would have been his second point of the year. So. Yeah. Tough stuff for him. Yep, not much more to say than that. But he had a couple of weeks ago that whole dilemma where he had no radio on. Now this, yeah, yeah he's just getting a little bit of unlucky unluckiness on his part. I saw something that was talking about how Bottas is in for a pretty rude awakening, going from like a militant everything being perfect Mercedes to Alfa Romeo, <laughs> where it's just like so. Sometimes the radio doesn't work. Sometimes you can't drink anything during the race. Like, so get used to it. Yeah, <laughs> we're Alfa Romeo. So yeah. All right, that'll do it for good, bad, and ugly. But before we move on to the race recap, we'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors. From the people who brought you Roman Swipes, meet Esteban's White Meons. If there's one guy that knows how to make it last in wet conditions, it is Esteban Ocon. So this past race was a great example of how that guy can go longer and longer than anybody without a single stop. Definitely couldn't be me. It probably couldn't be Marco. Uh, if you're looking for elongated sessions when it's lights out and away we go, see what you think of Esteban's White Meons. Heck yeah. Nice. Uh, I would try them, but, you know, not a big fan of rubber. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go off of that. I mean, little explanation there. Esteban Ocon, the only driver to not do a single pit stop. I thought it was a mandated rule. I didn't know it uh, went away in the. In I didn't the know rain, it was a track. So. I didn't know it was. Oh, is it just the rain? I thought it was like a track. Just the rain. Thing. Yeah. Okay. No, you have to. You have to have a uh, pit stop, that. but unless okay. there's enters or wets, yeah. So yeah, that was Esteban Ocon. Let's start with his other uh, Alpine teammate, um, Alonso, getting bumped by Gasly in the first turn. 
had some pretty choice words for Gasly on the radio, and then he did the exact same thing to Schumacher shortly after. So <laughs> I think between Esteban being uh, like going the whole race on one set of tires and Alonso being a little bit of a hypocrite, I think that was uh, pretty much summed up Alpine's race. Yeah, exactly. Nothing else uh, really stood out. But, I mean, hey, uh, Alonso went up to Schumacher at the end, gave him a big hug, apologized. Saw that. Love Did you see Gasly doing the same thing? I don't think so. That's the Alonso way, though. You know, once he says, hey, like, screw that guy for messing up, he does it the same. He's going to be like, hand up, man, hand down, man down kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gasly, I didn't see him apologizing. So I'm, it's I'm just the maturity. I'm the maturity to factor. Alonso on that, yeah. All right, going on to Ferrari, Sainz obviously had the uh, engine upgrade. Started from the back of the grid, but uh, made it to P12 by lap eight. I mean, he was absolutely cruising through the field. I thought, I was like, dude, this guy, on this trajectory, he's going to be leading by lap 22. I mean, (laughs) it was just wild how easily, obviously, things kind of halted once he got to uh, better performing cars, uh, understandable. But still, yeah, I mean, making it into the points, had a hell of a drive, obviously, driver of the day, so congrats to him, his first time ever. And then moving on to Charles, who uh, had, you know, was leading the race for uh, a handful of laps there. There was that hope that, you know, potentially he's going to make it the entire race, uh, not having to pit, but it was just a matter of time before uh, we started seeing towards the end of the race that he was just, it was simply not going to happen, could not have happened. Uh, so, the, I mean, I think obviously a stellar race, but uh, unfortunately, his tires just started dying out too soon. And once you made that switch with, with these intermediates and then they had, you know, obviously to warm up these tires up enough without overheating them, causing the, the graining and all that stuff. Uh, wild process. Uh, I started learning about this race, but uh, yeah, he was just obviously not able to, uh, to make up laps. But yeah, I, I thought the intermediate thing, I really didn't know much more about that, about they, yeah, there's a period where they're really going to struggle off these tires, making sure that they're getting kind of the, to the right temperature at the right time um but yeah that was i mean a reason why that we'll talk about in a little bit same problem that lewis had when he made the switch over to yeah this was interesting for me to find out too and i didn't know if it was like a track specific thing like would this same thing be happening if they were in barcelona or something like that right like um but but yeah it's it was also another thing it was like oh, okay we all learned something those of us who didn't know that like already. The, the, the announcers yeah they were just talking when like they're like he clearly isn't able to do this but now he's gonna have to worry about Gasly coming up because he's not gonna be able to to drive fast because of this like, oh <laughs> shit it's that bad oh my god <laughs> yeah and that was a good uh that, I mean that was a good chase for a little bit there too when Hamilton was really struggling those lap times suck yeah uh let's talk more about struggling as we move on to third place McLaren um I mean, the whole weekend just sucked for him. Like, Danny had a stinker in qualifying, so he took a new power unit just to go to the back of the grid because it was already like, all right, well, what's this going to lose us? Four points. Uh, They also fell victims to some tire uncertainty kind of in a bad way there with Danny. And, yeah, their lead over Ferrari is now cut from 18 points to 8 points. So it's definitely coming down to the wire for McLaren and Ferrari. That's going to be a – I'm very glad we have that as kind of a second tier um, just of, you know, of, of teams mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like this team has, like, struggles track by track more than any other team that we see in the grid. Like, when there's, yeah, obviously Monza and uh, Russia, like, tracks that are good for them, they're – fantastic but yeah there's these other tracks that just don't suit their car um so i think it's kind of like the longer medium 
uh, speed turns, I thought I thought they were saying. Could be wrong on that, but it's just crazy how, like, Mr. Or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, this is, where, like, yeah, they just, they knew going into that they weren't going to have the pace, they weren't going to be able to do anything, and it's just wild to see that, like, other times that they're clearly the third best constructor on the grid. So, moving on to Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull, obviously, we talked about Checo having another Checo expected weekend and then t- completely turned it around. He has not qualified higher than seven in the last seven races. But he held off Hamilton for a while. I thought that there was a couple laps that they were just like tet tot tet. I don't know. If, yeah. I think that's a word. Uh, I think that's a saying. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And if it's not, we should make it a, an eaten asphalt original. What is it tit tot tit? Do I have that right? Tet Something like that. Yeah. Tet tot tet. All right. Well, I'll play it back and see what it says. We're on the ballpark. Yeah. I'll say I'll say a couple different variations. Tet tot tet, tit tot tit, and then you can use that one. Okay. Sounds good. Whichever one I like better. Okay, well, yeah, it's going to be the wrong one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Christian Horner and the Red Bull gang weren't thrilled about Saturday at all, obviously, but uh, we'll be more than happy to take a podium from uh, a person not named Max Verstappen. So I think hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, I, I just have given up on the point of, with him and Danny Rick on having any faith in him. Uh, I'll just, you know, look after and, and see what happens. So, so it was a pretty boring race for Max. He had no overtakes. He didn't really have, like, any close someone was going to overtake him. So, uh, yeah, I think he was just kind of sitting comfortably, like, like three to six seconds behind Valtteri before, he, like, even that sort of breaking away. So, yeah, he was just, you know, his name wasn't really called up much uh, watching. He was just, yeah, uh, a typical boring second place for Max. So, uh, obviously good for him retaking the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, agreed. Moving on to Mercedes. Lewis starting from P11, but getting down to P6 about 11 laps in. That was super impressive. He was just charging up that field. Mercedes engineers did tell Lewis to box, I think it was around like the 50, or, or sorry, yeah, like early 40s, and he's yeah. kind of like, hey, let's delay this a little bit, let's just see if this dries up at all. Um, so he was like, yeah, box, 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 and Lewis was like, wait, why? And it just kind of like sounded a little yeah. sassy, but just like anybody who's kind of, you know, going at that speed, there's going to be just pumped up adrenaline, like everybody I feel like is a little snippy to the engineers. And then when that ended up not necessarily working out, I think it left the door open or left the possibility of the idea open that Lewis might have, you know, actually performed better than what he ended up P5, um, you know, if he would have just stayed out. Um, I think it was just, you know, kind of a crapshoot. Obviously, the engineers had a little more information than he did, but he'll definitely be thinking about, you know, if he could have saved maybe a P4 there just to kind of close that gap up to Max more. Uh, and then lastly, of course, just the other part of Mercedes that's uh, that's the big story is Valtteri getting his, uh, his 10th win. So awesome for him. Um, I would have thought that with a P5, they would have lost a little bit of ground to Red Bull or, like, had them close the gap, but they actually pulled ahead of Red Bull another three points uh, to make it 36-point gap. So, um, yeah, it, this is – I mean, obviously, I think Max and Lewis is going to go down to the very, very end. Um, I'm hoping that uh, that this one does too, but Red Bull definitely have some work to do to get it, you know, that close again. Yeah, no, I, obviously uh, it was good for Max to, to get – extend those points uh in the driver's championship but yeah like the pace of the the red bull car compared to the pace of mercedes obviously like lewis lewis's pace all weekend in qualifying same with valtteri is that one two back to back all weekend that we saw so uh yeah i think that 
Mercedes, it seemed like they gained a lot of traction on kind of like their straightaway speed. Uh, and uh, yeah, definitely, I could not agree more. They uh, they definitely, Red Bull has to uh, get back to the garage. I think they kind of lucked out a little bit this weekend with that combustion upgrade that Lewis had, because if not, I, I don't see how it wasn't a one-two punch for, for Mercedes. And then, yeah, and then going on with Lewis, he kept getting so much slack about how he was responding and taking the the choice and kind of the, the fight to, to leave the man or not. I feel like I hear this stuff as angry, as frustrated as any other driver that's been in the situation. I've, I've, I feel like we've seen it from Max. We've seen it from both of the Ferrari drivers when they're like frustrated and they don't agree with something that they're going to get a little angry. I didn't think definitely it was to the Yuki, extent that... Def, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely Yuki. Def, definitely Kimi. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's yeah, everybody does this kind of shit. It's just like yeah, oh, we and just hear just about like, it when we're listening it, to the radio for Hamilton. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, it was crazy how much like people were like, oh, he's oh, he freaked out at this. And I was like, I don't think it was that bad. I would be a little ticked off too if they made me come in. I realized that by coming in, I'm down to fifth when I thought I could make it and keep a third. Like, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was a little unwarranted. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Any other thoughts on the race or things that you noticed that are worth talking about? Oh, uh, Vettel putting on mediums when it was still oh my out. God, that yeah, gamble, that dude. I yai yai. Could not have backfired any worse or any quicker. Like the second he got out of pit, he was probably like, "Oh God!" Like <laughs> so it was he. He was a liability out there. He was tough. Yeah, what was it? Lap like thirty six to thirty seven, where he switched oh from inters to mediums and was just on skates. He was just drifting around some corners. It was like uh, he got described as a moving chicane in one tweet that I saw. It's like, yeah, dude, like people were getting around him no problem. But I think uh, when Carlos was was passing him, he made contact with Vettel, and Vettel was yeah. mad. But it's like, dude, here you are all over this track. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was that was atrocious, and like. Similar to kind of the Danny, uh, everyone was there was in the back of everyone's conversation. If it does line up, is it is it there? Like, but you would hear every now and then like Valtteri would be like, "Oh, it's raining a little bit more," and like turns four and eight or something like that. And and so yeah. it just like was lingering enough. And I think yeah, obviously Ashton, obviously Aston when they made the call, they were like, "Yeah, let's just we got to risk it. Let's give it a try. Let's try to do something." Because if it did pay off, like he's, I mean, he's gonna be having so much better pace than a lot of those drivers around him did not pay off but yeah like Danny when he took his pit I feel like that's the first time that we kind of heard about the that like his his pace was not any better than all the others so like he was the first one to kind of pull move and then I don't think that another car came in and pitted for another like 10 laps like he was the only one that did for quite some time yeah being the guinea pig people just want to see okay how's it working out for this guy like what's his tire deg situation but yeah that was wild. He got, I mean, he got torn. He, his uh, radio after the checkered flag was, was very deflated just overall. And his interviews were like, yeah, like it, it sucked. <laughs> we made the wrong call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then last, last thing. No one told me, so I gambled on this one. I put $30 down on Max and $30 down on Lewis. Uh, I think Max paid out like 40 bucks. Lewis paid out actually, I think it was 90 bucks. Oh, um, oh I know yeah, because of the penalty. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Right. But I just figured, I mean, I was like, I've seen him charge to the field before. Like, why yeah. not this time? Anyway, no one told me that it was world porridge day, dude. And Valtteri Bottas known porridge eater. He says he eats porridge before every race, dude. That would have definitely affected my bet. And I do feel a little bit cheated. I might ask for Dang. a refund. Yeah, like any heads up from anyone in the F1 community, I feel like this should have been something that someone would have caught. Some good podcasters that do the research, I feel like would have would have caught this. Yeah. And we would have just used that hard work for our own use. 
and it's kind of annoying that no one did that for us. <laughs> <laughs> would have placed a wager if I knew it was World Dang, Porridge Day. Yeah, shoot, Ridiculous. I would have put the house on it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, World Porridge Day? You think I'm going to miss World Porridge Day? Shit. Um, all right, let's move on from our race recap to, all right, and agree to disagree. I think some of these points have been mentioned in the podcast, but let's just get, uh, you know, a firm Marco statement, a Marco guarantee of, uh, of an authentic feeling about this. So, mm-hmm. uh, agree or disagree, Marco, Lewis would have achieved a better result than P5 if he had stayed out of the pick. I agree. Yeah, I think that, Ooh. that if he, like, I, Here's the okay. I agree. I think that here's the order of the best scenarios that um, Lewis would have done. So like number one would have been they pit at the like the early forty, like they originally had said. Lewis agreed to that and done it. I think then that would have given him enough time with the new intermediates that he would have actually made up speed, caught up with around the same time Perez came in. I thought that he had a faster car all weekend. So you put on the same tires, he's going to do better in in place on that podium. Second best would have been he say no when they came back to, to come in, knowing about the intermediate problems and kind of the, the length for them to, um, to get in a good spot, that there's no way he would have done better than fifth where he was at. And then I would just say, well, I don't think there was any more than six, seven laps left that, you know, you're still getting 25 seconds without doing the pit. And then I think he can, he can kind of defend himself. If it's not third, it's maybe fourth. And if not it's probably going to be fifth, like the worst outcome, I think, unless he really just a tire pop, which I guess would be unfortunate. But, I mean, if he's staying out there, I don't think he does any worse than fifth. I think he's a third or fourth finish. I agree. I think he, he might have gone better than fifth, but I think the percentage is just too big of him, like, having some kind of mess up or, like, lack of grip that causes him to spin or, like, hit a wall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, like, Just you don't want to fuck that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and like, Obviously, uh, Max regained it, but he's only up six points. So it's not like something yeah. that there it should be worth like, hey, it, it'd be much better if it's two. You know, okay, that's fine. Exactly. I'll take six, yeah. then, then, yeah, like 24. You can still like, yeah, you, it's still within range for you to, to get that lead back within one Agreed. weekend, right? So nice. Uh, all right, next up, agree or disagree, Mercedes with their new power unit have taken the fight out of reach for Red Bull. I disagree. Uh, this has been just the one like race that we've really seen it i would need a little bit more to see to see like if i mean hey your question but conspiracy theory what if mercedes <laughs> had been kind of toying around this entire year until like like once they were like hey we needed some buffer zone about six six tracks left we'll we'll put our like little extra hidden secret into these engines and the real engine then the really real fast yeah engine. And then so they, yeah, they just pull away at the very end, but they made it fun. Like, TV audience, it wasn't like the typical, people are getting pissed that Mercedes is just too good. It was like something, you know, up his sleeve the entire year, which, honestly, I would not put past Toto at all. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Like, Toto's main interest is Mercedes, but he also has a big vested interest in F1 as a whole. So it's like he just wants to make it interesting, and yeah, yeah. Just, just saves the big guns for later in the year. Yeah, I, I think there might be a good chance, dude. The acceleration that I saw, I think it was that clip where Lewis was going past Perez, um, he didn't actually, like, finish the move, but that the acceleration on the Mercedes compared to the Red Bull looked a little scary, and uh, I don't know, we'll just we'll kind of see with, with that. 
Uh, next up, agree or disagree. It would be nice to see more races in the rain in 2021. Dude, I don't like it. I want disagree. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm kind of done with the rain. I'm, I don't know. I feel I, the same way, man. I'm very happy to have it left off. I got more than my fill of what I wanted as far as rain races this season. Yeah, I think like if you could take all the rain we've had this season and spread it over three seasons, I think that's a fair amount that I'm okay with. But yeah, way too much, way too like, and with, I don't know, I just feel like the competition's getting closer and closer and there's so many, um, like I think the races are just, all of the races that have been not in the rain have been by far my favorite races. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it, and I want none of it. You know, it's raining for the next four days right now in Austin. <laughs> so it goes on spells of, like, long rain, I guess, and we might see a rainy Austin. Fuck yeah. Actually, I'm back. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say no? I meant fucking can't wait. All right, moving on. Agree or disagree, Marco. Red Bull can feel great about the Turkish GP as a whole. 2-3 performance. Uh, but also Merck looked just kind of all around faster. So you think they're in great spirits, or you think they're kind of like you know black cloud over their over their head, seeing Mercedes do so well? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the meme of like it's the it's the mask of the happy face, and behind it is like a guy crying. Yeah, exactly. So I think like yeah, on the forefront they are got to be they have to be happy with the result just because like that's points it does like close a gap or in one respect or like they kept kind of neutral in the other for the constructors championship but yeah i think that yeah from what we were seeing if i you know i, I guess i got to look into a little bit more on the the rest of the tracks for the the remaining year so if it is a lot in kind of red bull f- style and red bull favor then um maybe i'm they're a little bit more happier but they're a little bit happier but if not and yeah it's either you know Mercedes side or even even I yeah I, I would say that they're a little a little worried after seeing that yeah I I'm, I'm probably in the camp that that they're worried like I I think it's just you can't ignore that shit and Max was even when he was pushing he was only closing the gap by like 0.04 seconds right and so I think they can it's definitely like in the back of their mind uh, and then we did talk about this in you know in our race recap a little bit but you know, agree or disagree, Vettel's gamble of going on to mediums, although it didn't work out, was a worthy gamble. Like, would, yeah, would where, you have like, done that if he, you were out? He was, what, like around 10, right? 10 or 11 when he did that, I think, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, why? Like, it didn't seem like he was going to be any threat if potentially kind of like a 10 or so uh, finish. And I don't think they're looking for just one point. So if they could have been the first one to do that, uh, it work out and he can – really make up some places sure um obviously it wasn't even relatively close to, for them to be right like they were they missed the mark so bad uh but like i guess they were kind of li- listening to everyone else on the radio everyone seemed like it was like hey it's maybe a possibility i don't know if they were just setting them up or something because like they're like oh maybe whoever what idiot's gonna actually fall for this but uh, man. everybody's laughing before they send their messages. They're like, like putting, oh, they're, <laughs> they're put, going on mute, being like, oh my God, they're buying it. They're going to buy it. He's in it. Look it up, look at him. He's on skates. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it just, it was clearly uh, did not work out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame him, I guess. Yeah, I'm the same. Like any, uh, I feel like there've been a couple races where 
that somebody takes like a massive gamble like this and everyone's like, well, this is never going to work out. And then that's when you get your like weird surprise podiums or like, you know, in an extreme case, maybe like a fucking win. But yeah, dude, it's always worth that, especially if you're, you know, I think right now I'm looking at the standings. Uh, Aston Martin are 61 point. Aston Martin are 31 points behind Alpha Tower. Like you got to do something. There's, yeah. there's, a, you yeah. know, there's only six races left. Like that's a big gap, gap to close. So I love the effort. It was just hilarious. <laughs> like someone walking up to the roulette table and being like, "I know the odds are long, but here we go. Like throw I it on I there. Have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work out, and you're like, oh wait, of course that wasn't gonna work <laughs> it out. Makes sense at all. <laughs> why did you, why did you put on one number? <laughs> Um, all right, that's all I got for agree to disagree. So let's move on to our race predictions. Recap the part of the podcast that I am most dreading. So let's get it. I mean, do you want? I let me let you take over just to kind of. I'll let you take a victory lap. This is here. basically my segment today. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously catching everyone up um, before this glorious weekend. It was the scores, Ian 17, me 16. So, yeah, like had that. I've been closing to the gap ever since you were kind of making fun of me about how you were in the lead and really showboating. I, I really, I, I mean, a little slap in the face. I rubbed some dirt on those wounds, and I was like, hey, you're going to start working it. And I worked it every day. I was in the gym. I was doing that, doing what I needed to do to make this comeback. Uh, still got some time to go, so, uh, but hopefully it continues. Moving right along to our race predictions, though, who do we think will crash or DNF? I went with Sergio Perez. Ian went with Yuki. Also, if you paid attention, he added Carlos Sainz. So he that went was... with two. I just want, like, if people actually listen to this podcast, I would like to say he made it pretty clear that he gets to add two, and then he didn't give me a ch- chance to speak, and he said, moving on. Uh, so I'm just I'm going to mark it as one miss. So Should can be I, two? I'll explain it. I'll explain it. So, oh, this yeah, is my this, segment. It was... It was well. It is, but you mentioned my name, so I get to respond, sir. I get to respond, sir, sir. sir <laughs> like the sir. political debates. He <laughs> said he mentioned my name. I get to respond. I need to. I need to. Yeah, sir, sir. So we're good. We got to move on to the next question, sir. No, I, sir, I can't. No, I, just sir, cannot, I can't I just do that. Cannot. And they do that cannot. all the way, all the way until oh, so the, the, the host is like, Jesus Christ. Okay, what? <laughs> like you have four seconds. Dude, he uh, said it now, and I gotta yeah. say something, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> just gets worse and worse. Uh, yeah, Yuki was my pick, okay? Signs was my acknowledgement pick. So I wouldn't oh. have counted to points, but it would have just been like, oh, Ian. Like, that's an acknowledgement. That's an asterisk acknowledgement pick. Okay. So, you can have those, dude. No one's saying you can't have them. No, okay. Also, have. yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'll just stick to the one. I like it better that way. So we both missed on that one. Um, Ian missed twice. That was a I long, missed once. The that was a long segment for just who will crash it. Yeah. It's like five, six seconds. That was five, six minutes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, uh, yep. Uh, moving on, we have the winner. I went with Valtteri Botas. Ian went with Sergio Perez. Both had, uh, yeah, I think both solid picks. We both had a very good Sunday. I think they both did well. Unfortunately, only one winner there. He was truly last place. I went with Nicholas Latifi, and Ian went with Mick. Uh, Mick was in last place for, like, half the race, and I was kind of thinking in the back of my head that would be uh on par but obviously the man the myth the legend nikita had to come in and yeah just give him he was like hey you did well on saturday like on saturday i don't want to make your entire weekend ruined i'll take the blunt i think that's a good teammate i think that's a good teammate too yeah i mean he obviously mick got spun out by fernando and so i think he had to make up a 29 second gap and he did that i believe it was like 35 laps 
So not great, like when you got a obviously pretty shitty car and a very shitty driver, if that's the case. So yeah, yeah, all and the way Miles around. Kind of like um, not letting Lewis pass for a quick second. Did you see that? Kinda yeah, into he, him. Uh, that was really he, cool too. So uh, no points for either of us there. I'm moving on to most overtakes. I went with Carlos Sainz, knowing the information was likely to be true. Even went with Pierre Gasly, Sainz. Uh, we're not positive. Uh, we have not gotten the Crypto.com update. Usually they're a couple of days behind on that. So, um, Which is bullshit. Why are you yeah, that behind? I, of all I, the things you keep track of, why is the number of overtakes something yeah, that you can't Yeah, the DHL one days later. automatically. Everything else updates right away. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to have to just check the tapes to make sure there are proper overtakes. Regardless, we're assuming that Carlos Sainz got it. I got the points. But if we need to update, we will. Driver of the day, I went with Charles Leclerc. Ian went with Sergio Perez. You had a decent chance to win that. The double down dog could have really turned out nicely if Perez ended up just doing a little bit better than he did. That would have been a winner and driver of the day. That would have worked out, unfortunately, for you. It did not. Douche of the day. Brought to you by one and only Summer's Eve. I went with Kimi Raikkonen. Um... And you went with cat, uh, and you went with Max with a caveat of Kimi addition. I feel like if anyone was a douche, it was Alpha, it was Alpha Romeo and them pranking Kimi. So he was being douched on. He had the douche juice squirted on. He was literally Damn, driving in douche juice. Wow, he got reverse juiced. Yeah. So he was, honestly, yeah, we, damn. So uh, I guess shout out to Alfa Romeo team for getting him. Suck it. Uh, we'll send you, I guess, multiple uh, douche douche yeah. packages. He got juice. That's what happened on his foot, dude. He he was like, hey, I, like my foot is wet. And like that's douche juice, guy. <laughs> yeah, you smell it. <laughs> it smells good. It's uh, moving on. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. Oh, wait, so who do you think would have won Douche of the Day? I, Alonzo, I guess. Alonzo. Oh, Alonzo for sure won Douche little hip, of the Day. Little yeah. hypocrite. Yeah. 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 Damn. Or Pierre Gasly. Did you see Lando Norris's incident of the Pierre Gasly incident? I did with, not. Uh, dude, it was, he had a lot of room that was like on Sergio's side, and instead he like kind of pushed Alonzo. He was uh, like, I got sandwiched, but it was like, dude, there was a pl- there was like a, a couple cars between you. Dang, that's what I was kind of curious. I was like, oh, it wasn't Gasly's fault. But because uh, even the announcers, I feel like, were being like, oh, that seems a little like nitpicky to give him five seconds for doing that. Um, but okay, yeah, makes sense then. I, I fully thought it was like him. There's nothing he really could have done. But I guess that's why he got the five seconds because they saw that tape and they're like, uh, buddy. Yeah, I was confused yeah. at first, but it made sense yeah. afterward. But okay. anyway. So, yeah, I guess both of them are dishes. Uh, neither are picks. Fastest pit stop, mine is the old Red Bull. I went with Alpha Towery. Ian went with McLaren. It was Aston Martin. So, I think one positive thing that they had on Saturday and Sunday, and our last but not least, our wildcard prediction, Ian went with a Gasly podium. Hadn't happened since Baku. Uh, he did have a good race, just not nearly close enough to get to the podium. I went with Haas making it to Q2, so not an actual race, but a qualifying prediction. And by golly, that guess worked out. I thought that was just a dumb, dumb guess. And old Mick that we said, whoever's going to do it, it's going to be Mick. Mick actually got it. So awesome you did it. from by me. Yeah. That was so. why, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest. I was shook that you got that. Like yeah. I, was, I was like, maybe the TV's wrong, but uh, no, dude, just nailed it. Yeah, so that was great. That was another point. So I ended up with three points taking the lead 
over for the first time, I think, all year. Marco 19, Ian 17. So, heck of the last couple of weeks, just cutting down that distance tree. And, yeah, um, right now, I'm I'm pretending I feel like I'm still losing because I got to just keep my head down, keep working it. You got to work on these predictions, yeah. You'll see, you'll catch me in the library wee hours in the morning just pumping out information to try to get these guesses right. Yeah, and with that, that will do it for our episode 34 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. Uh, we obviously thank you, as always, for listening in, tuning in. We will do another – we will do an episode next week, but we have a week off before we head physically and mentally to Austin. That's and emotionally right to Austin. And emotionally. I'll emotionally yep. be in Austin. Yeah. So uh, we, as the Eaton Asphalt Podcast, are taking our towns to Austin, going to do some live podcasting down there. First company retreat, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Taking the old PJ down there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got some some good interviews that we are working on back in the, uh, you know, back in the, the, the burners are, are brewing. Let's just say that. Uh, we got some good stuff, good content coming up. And so, yeah, cannot wait for that. But until then, we'll have a... A typical normal episode 35 with uh, probably some story or some driver spotlight and then yeah we're hitting the road boys so uh, very excited uh, hope to see you guys out there yeah appreciate everybody listening we will see you very shortly all right see assholes see assholes <laughs>